I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Good day, good people. My name is Brad King, and you are listening and watching to the Downtown Riders Jam video podcast, which is part of the Solid Listen Podcast Network. We're coming to you from deep inside the jam bunker today. On the show, Robert McCall, whose book Treachery Times 2 is out in January. Uh, this was a great conversation and one I was not expecting to have, which rarely happens, um, just in terms of like not knowing anything. And it was fascinating. It turned out so great. Uh, Robert lived in, we're going to talk about his bio in a second, but he lived in Hawaii for 20 years. So he's created this world. Um, in Hawaii, and he's been writing this as his fourth book in that world. <laughs> in the course of our conversation, he would just like he just th there were three or four rando stories that he would just be like, "Oh, well, that's a that reminds me of a thing," and he would tell me this story of which I'd never heard before, which I knew nothing about, which is not shocking because when you begin to dig down into all the different cultures that exist in this country, you realize we have a very cursory knowledge of them. We have this illusion that. Because we're America, we have a shared history, and we do in some sense, but this country is also this loose confederation of different areas and different kinds of people that have ended up here who also have their history external to us that has then sort of seeped into things. And then you know, we talked a little bit about Alaska and a little bit about Hawaii. We talked a lot about Hawaii, a little bit about Alaska, just as like representatives of these, these cultures that we don't really know and talk a whole, whole lot about. Um, and so we spent 25 minutes taking a deep dive into that stuff. Uh, and it was fascinating. It made me very sad that we are not traveling right now because now I want to 
get on a plane, even though I do not love to fly, which we talk about in the program, and like go spend three months there just wandering around. So Robert uh, grew up in a military family uh, and he traveled the world. 12 schools in 12 years growing up. Uh, graduate of Georgetown University. He served as a U.S. Army lieutenant. He earned a law degree from the University of Virginia, and he was a partner in an international law firm in D.C. and uh, New York City. He lived on the big island of Hawaii uh, for 20 years. And Treachery Times Two is his fourth book in the Koa Kane Hawaiian Mystery Series. Uh, he's in New York City right now with his wife. That's where he lives, although they have some other places. Uh, and you're going to be utterly charmed by him. He is just one of those uh, people that you feel like if you're at a dinner party, and we talked a little bit about dinner party banter, that you're like, oh, shit, like, tell me a story. Like, tell me a story of, like, this place. And he would very easily be able to pull out one of 10 stories that I'll tell you about that place. So before we get you to Robert, got some business. As you know, the Jam video series comes out on Mondays and Fridays. The Downtown Writers Jam comes out on Wednesdays. I need you to uh, think about people that love books in your life and tell them about us. Shoot them a text. Grab the link. Shoot them a text. Don't make them do work. People don't like doing work with internet-y things. So send that along to them. That's the best way for you to help us spread the word, to help these authors find an audience, which is ultimately what we're trying to do here, is to help readers find writers. If you have Apple Podcasts and you're on an iPhone, head on over there and leave us a written review or a starred review. If you don't have an iPod, iPod. If you, I clearly don't have iPhones. I clearly use Android. If you don't have an iPhone, head over to the Facebook page, the Writer's Jam, and leave us a review there. All of those things help us get found. The, you can head over to our website, thewritersjam.com. The video website or the video web series comes out on there. I don't know why today I'm having a hard time talking. All the videos come out there. You can also catch the audio wherever you listen to the Downtown Writers Jam. Uh, while you're on the website, if you're looking for books, we got reviews. We got a bookshop link where you can go buy books right there and sign up for our newsletter. And for a couple bucks a month, support everybody on the Solid Listen Podcast Network. Get bonus content, uh, commercial-free episodes. And I will just say that we have a bad art friend show, special show for the Patreon supporters coming out. So you should go get signed up for that now because it's going to be a hoot. Molly and I have been uh, talking about this. So I'm excited to record this with her. I appreciate you taking some time to stop with us here in the bunker. Uh, get that booster shot. If you haven't got your first shots yet, go do that. Uh, as you know, we have a little guest, Pepper. Staying with us for a few weeks while her parents are out of town. So it's nice to have a dog back in the bumper, bunker. Uh, and I hope that you will sit back for the next 30 minutes or shit so and enjoy just a really fascinating conversation that I had with Robert McCall. Yes, I went through 12 schools and 12 grades. Wow. Hey, uh, like all Not domestic or all over? All over. That's great. So Japan, Japan, Germany, Panama. We're in Germany. Um, we were at Heidelberg. Okay. And we're in Japan. I had a Navy friend over there in Okinawa. We were at, uh, uh, Sugamihara, which gotcha. is out, just outside of, uh, uh, Tokyo. That must've, I mean, it's both hard as a kid to not have that grounding, you know, as you get older, I went to a small school and like, I know everybody I graduated with and there's like a, there's a comfort to that, but there must also be some kind of like looking back on that, like you got to 
wide breadth of experience that would, I'm assuming help you navigate the world in ways that other people can't. Well, that in my military service, um, uh, you know, when I was in myself, all of yeah. that, it all, I mean, it comes out in the books among other places. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I, you know, sometimes at a dinner party, I'll tell people that, uh, um, you know, what it's like to jump out of an airplane. Yeah. That usually gets their attention. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I, we talk about, my writing partner lives in Berlin. Um, and I have a bunch of friends that were in Kaiserslautern and like military folks that were there. And so I used to spend my summers in Europe uh, traveling around. And I did that for like 10 years for three months at a time. And it's not the same as the military, but there is a certain you get a certain perspective on the world when you are always in a new place and you're sort of an outsider and you're sort of trying to figure stuff out. Like, I feel I don't know, like at the end of the day, I feel like that. May, I don't know if it makes you calmer, but like there's a piece about like, oh, I can be anywhere and I know I'm going to be fine. Yeah. Well, there's there's that. There's also, you know, unfortunately, Americans think that they have the answers to everything. And <laughs> the truth of the matter is they don't. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people in the world who figured out better answers to questions than we have. Yeah. And we could learn a lot from them. And indeed, if you study history, um, it's the societies that have been open to a trade and dialogue that have advanced. Um, and those that have been closed, um, you know, they stay where they were and uh, they ultimately lose the race in history. I mean, it's not that different from getting older and making a decision, right? Like I always tell folks, like I had two grandmas. One of them literally kept plastic all over every piece of furniture in her house. Like she grew up, didn't have a lot of, neither one of them had a lot of money. But the one grandma was like, didn't want anything to be messed with. And the other grandma, I mean, her shit was torn up. Like it going over to her house was great. And I'm like, there are really two ways to live. Right. Like be either be afraid of this change or just like, ah, you know, like, come on in and let's see what happens. And yeah, my, it's always been my view. What, what's the furniture for? It's to yeah. sit on. Yeah. Eat on. Uh, yeah. We had we played baseball in my backyard. We you know wore it out. My mom was complaining one day and my dad was like, we're not raising grass. Yeah, <laughs> you know, nice. like, that's not what we're doing. So uh, you do all the military stuff, like both growing up and then you go in and then why law? Well, there's a story there. Good. <laughs> when, uh, uh, when I was in Korea uh, as a second lieutenant, uh, the uh, uh, camp commander, uh, uh, Colonel, called me into his office one day and he handed me this big, thick purple book. And he said, this is the Uniform Code of Military Justice and I've just appointed you as the prosecutor in a court-martial case. This was back in the days when for a special court martial where the maximum was six months at hard labor, um, the neither the defense counsel nor the prosecutor needed any legal training. But the rule was that the defense counsel had to have at least as much legal training as the prosecutor, which meant that both could be novices. So um, I put together the case. Um, it was uh, uh, involved a uh, my, my principal witness was a Katusa, which is the Korean augmentation to the United States Army. So I had to do this through a translator. Um, and I wrote my father, who was a lawyer afterward, and I said, all this legal hocus pocus you've been talking about at the dinner table is kind of more interesting than I thought. And maybe I should go to law school. Well, my father, who'd never pressured, pressured me to go to law school, wrote back by return mail, basically saying, it's not a half bad idea, 
that under the Soldiers and Sailors Relief Act, you can claim our residence, they were in Virginia, as your residence, and you can go to the University of Virginia. And all you need to do is to pay your um, uh, state income tax. P.S. A return made out for your income as a second lieutenant is enclosed. <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and vote by absentee ballot. P.S. P.S. One is in the mail to you. You don't think my father been waiting for that opportunity? That, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. what's interesting because I, I have had, I've been doing this show for a long time. Um, I started it 20 something years ago. I, I probably a third of the writers that I talk to have a legal background because the law is all about the language, right? And you have to study the language and how it works. And so there's sort of a natural inclination if you are into words and things like that, that this, that, that may happen. So what was it for you that you were like, you know what? I think I'm interested in doing these uh, novels. Oh, well, that's another uh, interesting story. I've Good. Told, for, 20, for 20 years, I had a, 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 a house in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and I was spend, spent a lot of time out there. And as I got into what I call the real Hawaii, sure. and I'm not talking about the fancy hotels, I'm not talking about Waikiki, I'm not talking about palm trees. It's a very complicated multi-ethnic multi society uh, with all the problems that um, uh, everybody else has, plus a whole bunch of unique problems that um, uh, they've got there. And I, as I got into it, I talked story to uh, some of the friends that I made out there. People helped me. And I thought to myself, boy, I want to write about this. I want to share this. And um, uh, I've always, when I was practicing, I did some criminal law and a lot of, uh, of litigation. So I was used to, um, you know, getting in and digging into the facts and putting <laughs> things together and, and doing depositions and interrogating people and dealing with the government and uh, uh, all those things. And so, and I've always loved mystery stories. So that was the genre I chose. And I, I, uh, I did the first book starting 20 years ago. And it took me about that long to get it done. Uh, uh, and after I finally retired, um, you know, I said to myself, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm ever going to do this, I'm going to get it done now. And yeah, uh, there are now four books in the series. Mm -hmm. There's a fifth one that's uh, uh, percolating and um, uh, it's gotten, they've gotten great reviews. Uh, they're all about the same um, uh, set of characters. Um, you can read, they don't have to be read in any particular order. Yeah. You built and, a world. And, you know, um, the Hawaii itself is a character in the book. Sure. The language, the history, the legends, the myths, the volcan uh, the volcanism, the, uh, uh, the, the way the people interact with the sovereignty movement, all those things are built into the book along with a lot of Hawaiian language. Uh, and um, there's nothing quite like it, I think, out there. Um, um, uh, it's, uh, you know, there are, are authors who've built uh, the setting into a character. Uh, um, Greg Isles does it. Um, uh, uh, lots of people do it, but they've never really done it with the Hawaii society, at least the way I've seen it. Um, it you know, it's interesting. I have family that uh, did the Alaska thing where the government paid people to go. I mean, they still do it. They pay you to go settle the areas of Alaska that are very difficult, right? That are cut off from. And 
the stories that I hear and what I sort of hear out there, like Hawaii is so like people don't realize, or maybe they do, like how far away I live in California. It's a long way away from California. It's not down the street. And yeah, Alaska is the it's a third of the size of the United States, like the, the 48. And those places, even though they are part of America, seem to have these cultures that exist very much outside of what we do here not as like a strange or othering but just like the things that you have to deal with are different than what you have to deal with in montana or indiana yeah and and there's a history you know we the, the united states um uh, essentially expropriated this independent nation that had been recognized by international governments for a hundred years uh and uh we uh we uh, moved in and took it over uh, and uh, we then said to the Hawaiians, you can't use your language in government when you can't teach it in schools. This was an effort to essentially eradicate sure. the Hawaiian culture. Uh, same thing that the Spanish did when they, uh, when they moved into uh, South America. Uh, and right now what we're seeing is a renaissance of Hawaiian art, um, of, uh, of the uh, travel by double hulled canoe, I mean, you talk about the distance from California. Uh, we had people, um, ancestors of the people who were on Hawaii, who traveled 2,500 miles over a hostile ocean with no communication with anybody in double-hulled canoes. And we thought it must be a, a freak and a, that they actually managed to make it. And then if you get into the history, there's actually two-way trade that went back and forth. They yeah. navigated by the stars, they had no written language, so they did it with chants. Um, and it, there's a whole fascinating piece of this that's all about navigation and uh, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the way in which they traveled. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's fast. I mean, it, it is fascinating in the sense that like it's always strange to me when i learn things about america that i don't know right that i'm 49 and fairly well read but it, like i'm also not surprised right because if if you are an island nation what's the first thing you're going to do you're going to figure out how to navigate the thing around you yeah well like, and, and you know as as 
population in the in the Polynesia grew, they needed uh, uh, to explore. And they yeah. did explore. Um, indeed, there's now evidence that uh, they probably made it to South America as well. Wow. Uh, and as someone that is absolutely terrified of the water, that kind of stuff seems amazing to me. Like I would have been that person back then that was like, I will have dinner prepared when you get home. Like I am not getting on that water at all. <laughs> well, and if you, you know, if you've seen one of these double hulled canoes, yeah. even, even the biggest ocean going ones are tiny yeah. by comparison to anything that you and I would travel on. Yeah. So what was it that took you to Hawaii initially? Military? Well, I went out there actually initially uh, for an American Bar Association conference. Oh. Uh, and after the conference, which was on Oahu, was in the Waikiki area, I went over to the Big Island and uh, uh, was just fascinated. I mean, you land on the Big Island at, uh, at uh, uh, Kiholi Airport and you drive north and you think you've landed on the moon. I mean, we're talking about volcanic uh, yeah. uh, landscapes with very few plants and in some cases none at all uh, and then you go across the island uh, to uh, volcanoes national park uh, and uh, you know we from 63 to uh, 2018 was one of the was one of the longest continuous volcanic eruptions in history really um, was uh, from a, an a event uh, associated with uh, Kilauea at Pu'u'o'o went down, added miles to the coast, covered a roadway along the coast uh, in places up to 35 feet deep in lava. Wow. And it's, it's an extraordinary park. I mean, just to, if you get a chance to go, don't miss it. Yeah, I also don't like flying, so <laughs> it makes oh. it, it makes accessing Hawaii difficult for me. But that is it's. But this is all part of that thing about you know when my friends from Europe come over and I'll drive them around the country and they're like, "Where are we?" I'm like, "Still in Texas." You know, like we've been driving for eight hours. Like they're like, "We'd be five countries over now." And I yeah. try to explain to them like this country is really a loose confederation of different countries that have kind of decided for various reasons to work together, but that there are really it's like a little world here. You have so many different cultures that are living and doing their stuff. And you realize when you travel, how little we know about all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you've got the American Indian cultures, you've got the Eskimo cultures, you yeah. have lots of Southern uh, uh, cultures. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm from Appalachia. And like, you know, we, there's this, there's a whole group called the Melungeon. Uh, which are a group of people who the DNA, they can't tell. It's been an intermixing of American Indian, uh, of black slave and poor whites that have lived in these areas and their DNAs have mixed so much. They can't tell their, their, their own sort of culture now. And I'm like, that's just not a thing you hear about unless you're from Appalachia. You're like, wait a minute, what is this thing? There are whole academic conferences trying to understand like, like the, the genetic history of how this happened. And we're like, well, you know, when you live in small remote places, not that racism and all that stuff goes away, but it, it interacts differently in different ways when you are together and away from everything else. Well, and, and every one of those cultures, you can go deep and deeper and deeper. Yeah. And deeper. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of a, of a little movie I saw uh, at one museum someplace called The Powers of Ten. 
And they start with a couple on a blanket in Central Park, and then they go up 10 times, and then 10 times, and then 10 times, and pretty soon you're looking at the world, then you're looking at the solar system, yeah. then you're looking at the universe. And then it reverses, and it comes back step by step by step by step to that blanket, and then starts going the other way into the ground, into atoms, into smaller and smaller and smaller pieces. Yeah. And you know, that's what you know, life is like. You've got, you've got people who spend their entire lives focused on little tiny, tiny pieces of, uh, of the world. Um, and they go deeper and deeper and deeper and they frequently make huge contributions. But yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's not that this is the same, but like, clearly that experience has impacted you enough that you literally built a world into which you want to tell stories about as you like, I always tell people that aren't writers, like writers have a question or something that pops into their head that they want to explore. They're not setting out for themes or not setting out to like tell it. It's like, Oh, this is a place that I, this is a story or this is a character and I want to see. And you've built this whole thing around these experiences that you had law living in Hawaii. Obviously you have a very, progressive view of the world in terms of like people and travel and cultures like you have a curiosity about that I don't mean politically progressive I mean there is a curiosity about what is this and I want to understand this and experience it but there are some themes here too that's the other thing that I comes comes from my my law practice um uh in treachery times too which is the the, the latest, uh, the new latest one. book um uh the protagonist is a, is a cop with a secret criminal past <laughs> Um, his, uh, his, his father had a, a menial job and was abused by his employer. And when Koa was, uh, he was the protagonist, was a, a young man, he followed this, uh, this uh, uh, nemesis of his father's into a remote area. They got into a fight and he wound up killing the man. Uh, and instead of confessing or going to the police, he decided to cover it up as a suicide uh, and he got away with it and now he's got the guilt um, he's got the the education that he got as a criminal which he brings to bear as a cop uh, so he goes to a crime scene and the one thing he wants more than anything else is not to get fooled by the perp um, so what's what's there what's missing uh, all of those all of those things and then you have the whole question of, we all have things in our past that we would prefer not to, to, to share. Uh, so, you know, uh, I assume you haven't killed anybody. Not me and you, other people. <laughs> but um, where is, in, in Treachery Times too, this past comes back to haunt him in a very dramatic and very, um, uh, for him, dangerous way. And so you have the question of where are his red lines? Mm -hmm. How far is he going to go to cover up um, uh, this uh, in various in various circumstances as the as the story unfolds? And so there is a theme there, yeah. Uh, 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 as well as this world that you, yeah. That you well, have. every story has to have that stuff. I just mean like for you, this world that you built has been engrossing enough that you've stayed in it with different stories right is Absolutely. that this is sort of the place that like whatever questions you're having are being answered through these stories like whatever the question that you have about your character or whatever is happening there right um and that's you know not everybody builds worlds like that like i i'm a non-fiction guy so i sort of go from place to place so i'm always interested when people are like oh i'm now 
six books or five, you know, four, and you got a fifth one coming or fifth one percolating in that world. Like being able to stay in the same place to me is fascinating because I can't do that. Well, it's 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 a uh, um, uh, really interesting to to uh, take that world apart and to yeah. think about various pieces of it. And once again, you you I can focus on a particular place, and then you know almost every place that's described in the book I've been. Sure. Um, um, and I typically, as one of my research tools, was to take cell phone photographs. So that um, I could later describe details yeah. that I might not have picked up at the time. Yeah. Um, uh, but you can go deeper and deeper and deeper into each little piece, and there's a story there. Yeah. So, for example, in in what I'm working on right now, um, there's a place in in Hawaii called South Point, which is um, about as far south as you can go in Hawaii. It's the southernmost point in the United States. Well named then. <laughs> uh, yes, well named. Yeah. Well, I, I, there's a bunch of graffiti covered concrete structures down there that are sure. falling apart. Uh, and I got curious as to what they were. Well, it turns out that there was an airfield there. Oh. Uh, it was Morse Field. It was built before the Second World War. And it was a key stop on the refueling stop on the uh, uh, route from the West Coast to the Philippines and to uh, uh, Australia. Well, what happened to it? Uh, within um, uh, days of Pearl Harbor, the government decided that airport was an ideal place for the Japanese to invade, and they destroyed it. Uh, <laughs> you know, really interesting kind yeah. of story that all started with some graffiti-covered concrete yeah. By the way, you can find lots of places. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking like I've been down to Key West where they have the southern thing. I mean, it's not the same, but like, yes, like all of those four points in the country, like um, it's all that that's kind of stuff is fascinating. Again, like that's the stuff about being it like traveling whenever I travel. I'm assuming you do the same thing. Like I rarely go to tourist places like I'm always like when we go through Eastern Europe, like we my writing partner and I are like, let's just go into this village and and just hang out and and see what's going on because the tour stuff is fine and like we'll pop by it a little bit but we're always interested in like okay what's the shit we don't know right like i know where the castles are because you can see them <laughs> like i want to go into the pub and be like what's the thing around here yeah and just walk it's really yeah. fun when you're in a foreign city to just walk yeah. And observe and, and, and look at the buildings, look at the people, look at how they're dressed. Yeah. Um, all those things. And I'm super extroverted. So I will, I don't care if we don't know the same language. I'm like, we'll figure something out. Like I'm going to, if somebody makes eye contact with me, we're about to have some conversation because <laughs> I love people. Cause that's where, to me, that's where the stories are, right? The stories are in the people that you come in to con like they're the ones that know everything. Well, that's the other thing that's fun about these books is that um, um, you know I practiced law for uh, for uh, a long time, and uh, uh, I met a lot of characters. <laughs> uh, 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 and um, my characters frequently are cut and paste pieces of different people sure. that I, I I've known over over time. <laughs> uh, 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 so you know, if uh, don't be surprised if you wind up in the next one. <laughs> That's good. As long as I got a nice cowboy hat, I'm okay with that. Well, 
you know that on the Big Island, they have some of the huge cattle ranches. The Parker Ranch is oh, 130,000 really? acres. Wow. And its high heyday was running 60,000 head of cattle. Uh, and there's wow. a, and a whole big story about uh, uh, the history of the Parker Ranch, uh, which goes back to uh, uh, when uh, uh, early uh, uh, settlers there gave King Kamehameha some cows and he didn't know what to do with them. So he let them run wild and, you know, they, they reproduced. Yeah. And, uh, um, before long, they had to bring in Paniolos. They had a cow problem. Cowboys <laughs> from Mexico and Spain to control the cows and build ranches. <laughs> I will say in all my years, there are very few times you hear we had a cow problem. Yeah, well, they, <laughs> they got a cow problem. Yep. And they still have a, a wild pig problem. I mean, because the pigs tear up the, uh, the oh, sure. and they, they're terrible on the indigenous plants. Yeah. I mean, pigs are pigs are like rabbits to me. Like people think rabbits are cute. I'm like, rabbits are mean as shit. Like they're they're You don't want them around. They're not nice things. Uh, Robert, this has been fantastic. Uh, you are absolutely charming. And I'm fascinated by the, the whole idea of like the dive into Hawaiian culture, just, you know, largely because I think that is a, I think if you ask most people in the contiguous 48 States, there's a huge blind spot for that culture and what's going on and all the nuance and histories of that. So I'm excited. Uh, Treachery times two is out now and you can get at well, Treachery times two comes out in January. Oh, it's out in January. Right. The, but you can pre-order it now. Yeah. Like it's pre-order it now. And then there are, there are three preceding books. The three preceding books are, um, death of a messenger, um, uh, off the grid, um, which uh, you might be, uh, be interested in because it uh, takes you to some places that are pretty off the grid. <laughs> uh, and then the third one is fire and vengeance. Uh, which uh, has been extraordinarily well-reviewed. So they're good stories. Uh, well, that's, that's fantastic. And so people got time to catch up on the series right now. But like you said, you don't have to read them in order. They are stories within a world. That's correct. And uh, you, can, you can read them in any order you want. That's smart. That's smart. That's the way you do it. Uh, well, this has been fantastic. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. I hope we can talk again soon. And uh, I hope people go pre-order the book because... Even in the pandemic, pre-orders are still a big thing for people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to, to chat with me. And I'd love to do it again if you were interested. Yeah. And uh, thrillers have become weirdly like I never read them until the pandemic, but they became sort of like that and rom-coms have become the sort of comfort food of the pandemic because they typically move fast. They are entertaining and you can kind of go somewhere else and not be in your head <laughs> exactly exactly and people people have said it's reading some of these books is almost like being in hawaii i mean also good since we can't really travel so much <laughs> so that's exactly. helpful all right buddy you have a good day and we'll talk again soon okay thanks again well there you have it that was robert mccall his book treachery times two is out in january go do the pre-orders right now and what a lovely conversation. It's always, you know, you go into these, and by you, I mean me, you go into these and you're never exactly sure where it's going to go. Been doing this long enough that I trust we'll get to where we need to go. But I don't plot things out because that's not how conversations happen. And I find, at least for me, when I do that, it sounds inauthentic. 
but as a traveler and somebody who's fascinated by different cultures, who's fascinated by the ways in which people do things and not like, not a curiosity, not in like, Ooh, how does this, you know, other person do these things, but just like, how do you live? Like, wh- how does that go? And like, what do you do? Like the Venn diagrams, right? Like what's the same, what's different? Like how did it develop that way? Those kinds of things I'm endlessly fascinated by because humans are so big and diverse and you begin to realize like, where you are geographically and where you are with the climate and just all these things impact the ways in which you develop. And so, you know, we like to think of America as this monolith. And then, but then if you travel, like I've traveled all over the place here, you realize it's not, there's so many different parts of this country. And so talking to Robert who, you know, spent 20 years in Hawaii and, you know, did a lot of research around the culture and the history and all of that stuff, uh, fascinates me. And I hope it did you too, because it was just, that was such a great conversation before we get out of here. A couple of reminders. So I want you to think of a book lover or two that, you know, I want you to send him a text right now with a link to the program. That is the best way for us to spread the word. And we can't do that. Cause I don't know your friends. So you gotta, you know, you gotta help us out. The second thing you can do, if you're on an iPhone, head over to Apple podcasts, and leave us a review, either star review or star review and a written review written is the best. If you don't have an iPhone, head over to our Facebook page at the Writer's Jam and leave us a review there. Don't forget to check out everything else on the Solid Listen Network, including the flagship Mother May I Sleep With podcast with host and Solid Listen podcast queen Molly McLear. She and Nicole, the co-founders of the network, have been building this out. So there's a ton of programming that you can listen to, all very different. Uh, pop culture, entertainment that's sort of thematically where we're at. But I'm guessing you can find some stuff that you'll enjoy there. Uh, don't forget the video podcasts are all here every Monday, Friday. Find them on the Solid Listen Network YouTube channel. You can also catch the audio wherever you listen to the Downtown Writers Jam. The jam is out every Wednesday. The surest way not to miss anything we do, get subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, you can always catch us on Twitter and Instagram at The Writers Jam. Until the next time, we'll see you around the internet. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.